Kyle said, I get the privilege of being the student pastor here. Um, so there's a few things that are probably going to be a result of that time in youth ministry. First off, you'll see I have props. Props are always helpful when it comes to teaching your students. Um, another one is there may be an occasional pop culture reference. It's just part of what I have to do to keep their attention, and I enjoy it myself. Um, and just also, I'm used to being in front of students. I may call on you guys for certain things. I may get after you if you're not paying attention, so just be prepared. Um, I will try not to bring out my dad voice. I'll try to give you a break from being yelled at by Kyle normally. I'm sorry, wherever he went. Um, but yes, like Kyle said, I am, get the privilege to be here, and I'm super excited to be here today. Um, and we're just going to jump right into it. So as you can see, like I said, I've got a prop. I've got a, an amazing ladder here. If you're unlike me, this is probably an extremely useful tool. Um, quite a few years ago, my wife decided that we needed to paint our new house. Every room inside the house needed to be painted. She was correct. There were some pretty ugly colors. We had a room that was the brightest yellow you can ever think of, and it was hard to be in that room for very long. Um, so we started painting. We got to a point where there was some high up areas where we needed to paint that kind of our stairs, and then it led up, and it was super high up, hard to reach. The genius that I am did not go buy a ladder to assist with that. The idea came that we would take one of those little extension things for like the roller, and I didn't even put a roller on it. If I remember correctly, I taped a paintbrush to it and stood on the stairs and just tried to paint. So like I said, this is a really useful tool. Sadly, I showed up with a stepladder because I don't even own a ladder like this. Thankfully, Kyle found a better prop for me to have up here. Um, but like I talked about, there's many useful um, things that we can use this ladder for. Um, like I said, painting is obviously a big one. Um, whether you're trying to hang a picture and you want to get up close and make sure it's perfectly level, you can get up on here. Um, sometimes if you just got stuff that you can't part with but you don't want to look at it anymore, the ladder's useful to maybe get up in the attic and shove it away in the dark where you don't got to look at it anymore. But what we want to get into today is this may be useful for our daily life, for our DIY projects, but it's not a useful tool when it comes to reaching God and to reaching God's kingdom. Through Jesus, God brought himself down to us, eliminating the need for us to be trying to climb the ladder and reach him. When we try to reach God's kingdom through our own ways, we can unknowingly make some very harmful mistakes, and we're going to get into a couple of them right now. The first of which we can make is we can start to, whether we mean to or not, we can start to mislead those around us into how we get into a relationship with God, how we approach God, how we get to the kingdom of God. Um, the other one, and just as important, and I think it's not an overstatement to say that when we start to use this ladder and we start to try to climb ourselves up to God and make our own way there, we make the huge mistake of taking what God did in sending his son. We take what Jesus did in dying on the cross and rising from the dead three days later, which we're going to celebrate next week. We take that and we kind of turn our backs onto it and say, God, I don't need what you did. I can make my own way. I've got it right here. And so we're going to talk about that and how we can kind of avoid making those mistakes. So 
If you've got your Bibles, you're going to turn with me to John chapter 10. We're going to start right out in the beginning there in verses 1 and 3. And in the first part of this passage here, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees who made their entire lives about following the religion, or as we can look at it as the latter. Their sole focus was always to follow the stringent rules that were set up by the religion. And so if we look in verse one here, it says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And so when we look at the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they gained their place among God's people, among the sheep, through personal and political connections, through formal education, through ambition, manipulation, corruption. They said all the right things. They wore the right clothes. They acted the right ways, but were far from God. Now, personally, when I think of the Pharisees, anytime I hear the Pharisees mentioned in any part of the New Testament, the bit of the nerd and geek that I am, I always kind of equate them to like the supervillains of the Bible. They're the people we don't want to be like. Um, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so they're kind of like the Darth Vaders of the Bible, or maybe if you're a Marvel fan like me, kind of the Thanos of the Bible. These aren't the people we want to emulate. These aren't the people we want to be like. Jesus refers to them as thieves and liars because they had made their lives about finding their own way and misleading those around them. So like we talked about earlier, that mistake we can make is we can mislead those that God puts in contact with us when we're constantly making our path to God about climbing up a ladder. I know as followers of Christ, we do not want to mislead those around us. When we make the mistake of making our lives about the latter and not about living in Christ, we can do that and in a way be more like the Pharisees than we'd like to admit. The Pharisees were so focused on climbing the ladder and having others see how high they had made it that when they were face to face with Jesus, the very person that we yearn to hear from, to understand, we get into our Bibles. Why do we do that? Because we want to hear from God. They were face to face with God's son and they were so focused on making their own way that when they were face to face with Jesus Christ, they began to resent him. They hated him because he was taking away what they were doing. He was simplifying it. And they just, this week when I was working on this and going over that, it's just something I couldn't get over of having the, the Savior face to face with you and your choice is to argue with him and resent him and hate him because you're so focused on what you think you need to do to reach God. So we talked about a sheep pen. And if we get into verse 3, we read that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So, like I said, as, as a student pastor, I like to make sure people are still engaged. So, raise your hand if your favorite all-time animal is a sheep. 
Nobody? Really? Okay. Yes, exactly. Sheep. We are constantly referred to as sheep. But for some reason, and I think we know the reason, sheep are dumb. They are not the brightest animals. And so it can be a struggle to be referred to as sheep and be told we need to be sheep. But when we start to think about it, the amazing quality that a sheep has that we forget about, the redeeming quality of the sheep is its utter dependence on the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice and they respond. Sheep know the shepherd's voice and will only respond to his voice. They will actually, it says in here, they will run from the voice of anyone else. They are so in tune with their shepherd's voice that that is all they're looking to listen to, all they want to hear from. Um, when I was preparing for this message, I read a really cool story. It says there was, there was a Scotch traveler who changed clothes with a Jerusalem shepherd and tried to lead his sheep. But the sheep followed the shepherd's voice and not his clothes. So the man literally dressed up as the shepherd, did everything he could. But, just be, but because his voice wasn't the shepherd's voice, these sheep would not follow him. And I thought that was amazing. They may be dumb, but they can't be tricked when it comes to following their shepherd and to, to understanding his voice. It's only when we can learn to fight the urge to forge our own path to God and learn to only respond to the voice of our shepherd can we discover the true path to God, which is through Jesus. So when we can turn away from making our own ways, now there's a lot of steps on the ladder, and we can start to, I mean, you can probably name what some of these can be when we're trying to forge our own path. Um, you know, you've got, you know, reading your Bible, praying. I'm not going to really climb up on this thing. I'm too klutzy. Kyle doesn't need to call 911 right now. I'd get scary. That's why I brought a stepladder. There's only two rungs to step up on. Um, but we can start to have our own ways to get to God that become these tasks or can turn into a checklist. I've got to read my Bible today. I've got to pray. I've got to give. I've, you know, when we start to climb that ladder and they're just, you know, you've got to fight your way up the ladder. And, just, and so when we can turn away from that and start to listen to Jesus and hear his voice, our shepherd, we can start to turn away from that and follow our Savior. Um. There was a time uh, a few years ago, so I have two daughters. Um, Eleanor is my oldest daughter. She just looked up because I said her name. Hey, how you doing? Um, uh, Eleanor is my older daughter, and then I have a younger daughter named Rosie. She's currently eight years old. Um, but when Rosie was almost five, we took her to the doctor because she was showing some signs that just had us concerned. Um, she hadn't been feeling good. And... Um, when we got to the ER, um, we heard what no parent would want to hear, but the, the ER doctor kind of briefly mentioned, like, oh, cancer. And I was like, oh. The whole time going into it, I was like, okay, she's just got some sort of blockage or something that's going to get taken care of. And then the doctor said that word, and it was just like, um, my mom and dad are here because they're just amazingly supportive parents. I tried to call my mom in that moment, and if she remembers, I broke down bawling, couldn't even get a word out. Thank God my wife is much stronger than I am and was able to explain what was going, what was going on. Um, but that started us on, I think, about a year-long journey um, she had what's called a Wilms tumor, so she had kidney cancer. 
Um, she had to have surgery to remove it, um, radiation, uh, full regimen of chemo for about a year. Um, so it started us on this full journey of what it means to walk down a, a cancer story with your child, um, with somebody that you dearly love. So during that time, my wife, being a very nurturing, loving mother, she was going to be the one that was going to be there with Rosie at all times. So for me, what that meant was I was the one who had to be strong and take care of whatever else needed to go on. I needed to make sure she could be there with her because I, for anybody else, if you're anything like me, when they come in and just start telling you about different things, then my wife would turn around and be like, what, was, what did they say? I'd be like, I don't know. They said something about her. Like, we'll go get the doctor back and I'll let them tell you. I don't remember. So it was just always best for her to be there in the hospital room taking care of that stuff. So for me, I was kind of the gopher or, you know, make sure the house is taken care of, make sure my other daughter's where she needs to be and taken care of at home when we're not at the hospital. Um, and so that meant, for me, that meant I needed to be strong myself. You know, my daughter was obviously had a whole lot of strength to get through what she got through. My wife had her amazing strength to just always be a solid rock for our daughter. And so for me, I needed to be strong so that I could take care of the stuff that was away from the hospital. And what started to happen to me is I would get people that would come up to me and they would just know about my daughter and I would hear the line quite often, you're so strong. You're just so strong. I don't know how you do it. And so sadly for me, I started to take that in as I need to be so strong. I need to be strong. And what I wasn't doing was looking to God. It was almost like I was, I created a new ladder in my life of, okay, I need to be strong. So I need to make sure this is taken care of. I need to, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to make sure that I'm a solid rock. I need to make sure that when any time my wife or my daughter or somebody needs me, I'm good to go. I'm right there. And so I started kind of trying to do that completely neglecting God. It got to a point where, um, I was running wires for something and um, just kind of in a daze of, you know, got to go here, got to get this so I can get back to the hospital later, just kind of trying to get through that. Um, and I got out of my car, and I just kind of dinged the, car, the truck next to me. Nothing big, didn't even leave a mark. Um, but as I got out of the car, you know, lucky me, the guy was sitting in his truck when I did it. Um, so he jumps out of his truck, obviously no idea what's going on in my life. And he just starts laying into, laying into me. What are you doing? What happened? And literally in my mind, I'm thinking, I've got stuff to do. If you need to beat me up, can you just get it over with? Like, I've got places, you know, I was just so worn down from everything. It's like, just yell at me, do whatever. I'm, like, I'm so sorry, can, you know. And so not much empathy for me for him at that moment. Um, but it's just trying to do it all on my own. I had just become so worn down, and it had become such a struggle for me. Um, I don't know about some of you. I am very much a stress eater. Um, uh, one of my favorite pastors, Brian, talked about when he likes to stress eat, that means peanut butter. For me, sadly, that can often mean an entire tube of Pringles. Um, it's not the way to go, but those are the things I started to rely on. So it's like, okay, you know, Amanda's at the hospital with Rosie. They've called and said goodnight. I've got my other daughter to bed. You know, did I think, oh, maybe I should open my Bible and look to God. I need some strength. No, I thought, let me stuff my face and eat my feelings for a minute until, 
you know, I'm too tired and I want to go to bed. I started to rely on these things that were not healthy for me when I was lacking that strength. On a side note, if you're ever going to eat an entire tube of Pringles, do not pick salt and vinegar. You will not be able to have saliva on your mouth for another week. <laughs> not from experience, I promise. No, kidding. Um, but yes, it was, just, it was just a time in my life where I felt I had to be so strong. And even though I had spent years as a Christian, I, used to, I, used, I joke all the time that I was born a member of the church I grew up at. I grew up at a church right down the road, Alpine Baptist. And I would joke with people, like, I was born a member there. Like, I, you know, I've been with Jesus my whole life. And when times got tough, even I struggled to understand where I needed to get my strength from. Where, when I want to dwell with God, how do I get there? Well, it's not climbing my own little strength ladder. It's looking to God. Um, and so if you want to go a few verses down, we're going to jump into verses 7 and 8. Um, and we've got a little illustration that's going to come up here. It's the sheep pen. So what you'll see here is this is the sheep pen um, that we talk about in these verses. And so I'll read 7 and 8, and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. It, said, it says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. So as you can see here, in the sheep pen, the shepherd acts literally as the gate. So the sheep go in and the shepherd sits there at the gate. Now, a couple important things when it comes to the shepherd as the gate is the first one is, since it is the sheep shepherd, those sheep are important to him. If he just calls somebody else to come sit with the sheep and a pack of wolves or whatever comes by, that guy's not gonna care. They're not his sheep. But when the shepherd is there, protecting his sheep. He will fight for them. He will protect them. He knows his sheep. And in verse 7, Jesus states, I am the gate for the sheep. Jesus is the gate to God's salvation for us. Christ is our protector. And here it's a physical protection. But with us, with Jesus, it's not just a physical protection. It's also a spiritual protection. That when we enter in to God's kingdom through Jesus, our motivation is to look to our Savior. Then we get that physical and spiritual protection from him. And one of the things that can start to happen when we truly start to understand how Jesus is the way and what we've been doing is not the right way to do it. We can make that mistake that the Pharisees made. And we can start to resent Jesus even for not, maybe not acknowledging what we've done. Like, I've earned my way up to here, God. Like, what's up? Um, and we can get upset with God that that's not what he's looking for. But often what happens is we need to, sometimes we need to fall from the ladder. Once again, not something I'm going to demonstrate. I think you guys understand what it means to fall. Um, but I think, and in my own life, I've seen it happen, but I think what God will do is when we continue to try to climb this ladder and turn our back on him, we'll fall. And I think we'll get upset with God and we'll be like, God, why are you allowing me to fall? I was trying to get up here and I fell again. 
Why are you doing that, God? I'm so mad at you. But what I think God's trying to do, and like I said, there's a few pop culture references, so I'm going to warn you right now, but we may need to acknowledge that, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. It's what happens. We need to understand that God is pulling us down from the ladder. He's not knocking us off. He's trying to get us away from here because he wants us in here, in his kingdom, where he is protected or where we are protected by him. And it's a struggle because obviously it hurts to fall from the ladder. It hurts to come back down from the ladder. It hurts to acknowledge that we've been doing so much work to try to reach God up here. And when we're told that that's not the way to do it, we resent God. We don't want to be a sheep. We talked about it. Who wants to be a dumb old sheep? But it's when we become a sheep to the ultimate shepherd that we can truly begin to see what God has for our lives. So, something I thought was kind of cool when I was preparing for this and looking into it is we've got the ladder. And when we look at this ladder... I think the only thing that we can do is to lay the ladder down as Christ laid his life down to protect each and every one of us. So I'm going to try to be careful and not hurt myself here. Um, But what's cool is when we lay the ladder down, now it's not a perfect representation of the sheep pen, but we get a different idea of what it looks like to follow Jesus and to enter into God's kingdom with him. We see that the ladder changes into something that we work to climb to get to God and to try to reach God to looking like a sheep pen that we enter in through Jesus. Because when we see Jesus as the gate, we discover the true path to God. So when we take these things that we were trying to climb the ladder up to, we can start to surrender those to Jesus, enter into the sheep pen through Jesus into God's kingdom through Jesus. And Jesus can start to take those things and make them what they need to be. We're no longer trying to pray every day because it's something we need to climb up another ring or we need to check off a list. It's because we're in the presence of God and we want to know God. We want to hear from him. We don't read our Bible because we want to take another step and look a little holier. We We read our Bible because we're looking to get inspiration from the very words of God. Um, We don't give to the church because they keep telling us that we're supposed to or out of guilt, but we give as a form of worship to God because we're in his presence and we want to worship him in any way that we can. So another story, I'm a storyteller. Um, I had the chance to go to a really cool conference recently. It's called Exponential. And during that time, what God was really working on me with was that I had the ladder up, and at the top, I had God. But not only did I have God at the top of the ladder that I was trying to reach, but I had put him in a box. And so there was a moment at the end of the conference before they let us go where they said, you know, If you would like to come up, take a moment. We would like to pray for you. We would like to anoint you, to send you out back to your churches to do God's work. And so when I went up there, one of the guys that was praying for me, he put that term out there for me. He acknowledged without me even sharing it to him, he says, it seems like you've put God in this box. And what you need to do is you need to let God out of that box. 
And it was one of those moments where it hit me so hard that, you know, kind of like buckled a little bit. And I'm like, okay, buddy, I think we're done praying now. Like, this is getting scary. Like, I don't want to hear this. But it's like, I can only, I could only envision God being able to use me in certain ways because I had him not only up on a ladder, but in this box. And so there was, I had to first get to that box. And then where God was, he could only use me in certain ways once I even got to him. And so God really convicted me during that time to just tell me, like, you got to let me out of the box and I'm here right now for you. As you start to walk a path toward me, you can be with me now and I'll start to help you on those things that will start to build a strong foundation. One of the things I constantly work on with our students and tell them is the reason we're here. It's a lot of fun to play games, trust me. We come up with a lot of cool stuff. We have a lot of fun. But our ultimate goal is that they will build this strong foundation of faith so that when times get tough, they're not falling off a ladder but they have this strong foundation that they're in the pen with Jesus who is protecting them. The struggle is, days, days after I get home, I start to fall into these old routines and I'm back trying to pick this ladder back up and put it back up because that's how I know my God. My God is up here and I need to try to work to reach him and I've struggled with that. And so it's something that I think can be very convicting as we keep trying to place God where we think he needs to be, unreachable until I've done certain things. And we just need to look to the Savior, look to Jesus, enter in through him, and God will make all those other things worthwhile. If you'll take a moment and turn a few, page, a few chapters back, we're going to go to John chapter 3. And we're going to take a moment. Um, we're going to be in John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. And we're going to talk about when it gets scary, why we struggle to do this. Why do I come home and instead of dwelling with God, I think, no, 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 no. I, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta put this back up. I've got to do it the way I know how to do it. Um, but if we start in verse 19, it says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly, and what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So I think the struggle is when we enter in through Jesus, we enter into the light of Jesus. We see the Pharisees. They were face-to-face -face with Jesus. I, can't, I, I just can't believe that they weren't in the presence and light of Jesus. And why did they fight him? Why did they resent him? Because the light of Jesus started to show the bad motives behind their deeds the evil of what was really there. And so for me, I think that's also the struggle is when the ladder's down and I'm with God, I have to start to, to struggle with some of the things that his light sheds, sheds on, on my deeds and why I'm doing certain things. 
you know, when, when I'm getting into my Bible, when I'm preparing a lesson for our students, am I showing up then because I'm trying to boost numbers and I'm trying to make it so that, you know, different staff members of the Zero Collective will think I'm doing a great job and pat me on the back? Or am I doing it because deep down I know that our students need to understand God because I understand him? And there's a fire here that I need to share with them. And so that's the struggle. When our darkness is exposed, we hesitate to enter in through him of our fears, our fears of being exposed, our fear of being a fake, our fear of inadequacy. We can struggle because I know for me personally, there was a time um, in high school where I felt like I had climbed that ladder and just kept climbing and climbing and I came crashing back down. And it felt like I had made enough mistakes that there was nothing more God could do with me. Once again, I put him in a box and I said, here I am, I've screwed up, God. You aren't good enough or powerful enough to still do something with me. And I think that's the struggle we can also come into. It's not just that I'm trying to do these things to reach God, but it's like, can I ever even get to God because of my past, because of the scars I have, because of the mistakes I've made, or the fear that I'll never live up to living a life following God? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can think of ways that we have tried to reach glory on our own merits. But as we just read in John, if we fear the light because of how we might be exposed, we live in darkness. So I talked about my daughter Rosie earlier and kind of that, the story of her journey with cancer and kind of how my story related along with her and my time of struggle. And so there was a time where I needed to head back to the hospital, got to know the children's hospital really well, um, and I'm pulling into the parking ramp, and it's like, kind of like earlier with the story where I'm at Myers, and it's like, I got to go, I got to get back into the room, that's where I want to be, that's where I need to be. Um, And as as I'm parking the car, about to turn it off, a song comes on the radio. Um, It's Rescue by Lauren Daigle. And God just used the words of this song to just stop me right where I was. And it was a moment where I felt God's light shine on me. And it wasn't, it wasn't exposing me to being a fraud. God wasn't telling me that trying to work through my own strength and trying to be strong for my wife and my daughters was wrong. But he was telling me I didn't need to do it by myself. I wasn't on my own. God gave me a moment to sit in my car At no point did I ever want to be sitting in my car bawling my eyes out in a parking ramp. But it's just what happened. The Spirit took over and God just gave me a moment that I need so desperately needed to just release the struggle, the stress, the trying to do it all on my own. And I just felt God's strength come over me and allow me to keep going and, and just give me a whole new strength that I will never fully understand. I look back on it and it's like, you know, I look back at how my wife dealt with it and how I dealt with it and just the strength we had to do to get through it. And there's no way we were strong enough completely on our own. When people would tell me, you're so strong, I wish I could go back and tell them, I'm not that strong. But God's got me through this. I'm being carried through it and God has me. 
There's one other last story that I want to talk about, or one person I want to talk about. We're coming up on Easter where we celebrate what Jesus did for us. And if we remember, there was a thief on the cross that day that believed who Jesus was. Now, if we compare him to the latter of trying to work his way to God, to understanding Jesus, we look at him and there was no baptism. There was no communion. There was no church clothes. There was no sinner's prayer. He never gave a dime and he was a thief. Yet he walked into paradise that day with Jesus simply through his belief. He had nothing to offer except for that belief. He was just a naked man dying on a cross who recognized the Son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We're going to sing one last song. And what I ask you to do during that song is just wherever you are, you can stay seated, you can stand, do whatever you feel comfortable doing. But take a moment to acknowledge what God's done for you and who God is. If you need to, in your mind, symbolically look at the ladder and put it down, do that. Surrender that to God. Surrender this to God and say, I give it to you. And whether this is the first time you've done that or the millionth time you've done that in your life, take time to do that now. And if you have never done that before, if you've never surrendered your life to God and that's something you want to do now, please come talk to myself, to Brian, to to Kyle. Let us pray with you. Let us start to help you understand that it doesn't matter who you've been in the past. Jesus is the one who lets you in. It's not me thinking that you're somebody special and you deserve God. It's not Kyle or anybody else. We're not the ones who decide that you're special enough. Jesus decides that. And Jesus died so that each and every one of us could have that relationship with him and his father. Let me pray. God, I'm so thankful to to be able to be here this morning and to, to have the opportunity to share what you've laid on my heart, God. It's nothing miraculous. It's not a new way of doing things, God. It's just an understanding of who you are and being reminded of what you did so that we can have a life with you. It's not just about eternity and heaven later, but it's a life that we can live with you here and now on this earth and start to live within your kingdom here and now and sharing that with others, Lord. And if there's anybody here, Lord, who has never done that before, if they're feeling that in their heart that it's time to surrender to you, God, they don't need to to live up to some religious standards before they can finally accept you, God, but they can do that here and now and start to live a life that is full of joy with you. Amen.